You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out all the good stuff we have leading you into the draft. I got a couple new mock drafts there, the seven-rounder, which completely looks at all the picks in the draft, as well as a first-rounder with trade, including Lamar Jackson potentially going to the Titans uh, from the Ravens. Something to look at there. And we know still we're waiting for that big deal to go on between the Jets and Packers involving Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of good stuff breaking that all down for you as we count down to the draft. Less than two weeks away. Here we're going to catch you up on all the NFC teams to close the week here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. We checked in on all 16 AFC teams in our previous show, including the signing of Odell Beckham Jr. and the Ravens. We will get into some top storylines in the NFC we're looking at for all the teams. We'll go with the Arizona Cardinals first, go all the way through the Washington Commanders on today's show. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen day. We're free and available to you wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow, including on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. All right, it is uh, time to dive in here to the NFC news and notes. The Cardinals, not much going on here on the DeAndre Hopkins trade front. There's potential that they trade him during the draft. They might also keep him. He's got a tough contract with which to deal here because of the cap that they're going to take. They're going to have to restructure and trade some type of deal like that to make it work here for DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals knowing that they might be one of the lesser rosters in this league. They have very bad Super Bowl odds because Kyler Murray's injury. It might have him uh, set back a little bit, but DeAndre Hopkins still in a holding pattern. I still think the Cardinals are going to think about every way in which to move him and do that here, but it just may happen during the draft here or beyond that. And Kyler Murray looks like he's on progress with his knee injury. They still expect him to miss some time in the 2023 regular season, but you could accelerate that schedule knowing that the clock is ticking here, new coaching staff, new leadership there in the front office that Kyler Murray wants to go out and prove himself with that contract and really try to lift a team that's going to go through a lot of lumps. We know they made the playoffs a couple years ago with Cliff Kingsbury. It's been a rough ride since then. They've lost a lot of key pieces. They were a very old team. J.J. Watt retired. You lost Zach Allen in free agency. So a lot of things have gone on with the Cardinals. We're in there in transition now and really could take some major lumps here. But we're watching for Hopkins to see if he's still in the mix. If not, you're going to see Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz be the primary targets here for Kyler Murray. All right, let's go to the Falcons. They made a deal that uh, kind of surprised a few folks. Uh, Jeff Akuda was disappointing for the Lions. That's why they were rather aggressive in free agency. If you look at their signings, they got uh, Cameron Sutton from the Steelers, Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers. They also added C.J. Gardner-Johnson at 
safety. So they were maybe tired of the secondary as it was, and they were trying to make some changes. They've been tied to corners in the draft. We thought they might give Akuda another chance here to settle in as a corner, but the numbers weren't very good for him. They want to move on. They want to upgrade the whole cornerback core and just get some solid coverage guys. So they have some experience there. Akuda, they gave all the opportunities there, but just couldn't stay healthy to live up to the upside as a playmaking cover man in Atlanta. Now, the Falcons are not totally out of the quarterback picture, even though they have uh, now Taylor Heineke joining Desmond Ritter on their depth chart after they moved on from Marcus Mariota. Still kicking the tires on Will Levis here in the first round. So maybe just trying to entice teams that might be interested in a quarterback to make a deal. The Falcons, I think, would benefit greatly from a trade down here for Arthur Smith and really to help their team uh, get better. They've got uh, some options here as a rebuilding team but again they need to invest in many draft picks as possible so again they're enticing i think a team to trade up with them i don't think the falcons are really looking to add a quarterback here in the draft i think they're going to see how it plays out between ritter and heineke here in 2023 the carolina panthers uh, added some receivers here adam thielen was acquired after the vikings released him they also made a move for dj chark so after trading DJ Moore as part of the Bears uh, trade there to move up to number one overall to draft a quarterback, they are thinking high hopes for DJ Chark. Remember Chark had the big year in Jacksonville playing off Gardner Minshew? Well, I think that's what the Panthers are envisioning, that Chark has that potential to be a number one outside receiver as well as line up everywhere. That would change the game because then you have Terrace Marshall as a complimentary number two. And Adam Thielen being the big slot veteran guy, possession person that can trust in the middle of the field with their young quarterback. So DJ Chark might have just a massive role here for the Panthers. Now, the big question with DJ Chark is his ability to stay healthy. It really hurt him there. We know he had that devastating injury on a Thursday night against the Bengals. Never was the same for the Jaguars. Had some flashes with the Lions last year, but couldn't stay on the field to produce. So that's going to be the biggest question mark for DJ Chark, but definitely a deep sleeper we're looking at to have some potential, especially if that rookie quarterback of choice, whether CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, has a good uh, connection with Chark early. That's going to be key. Is it Chark? Is it Thielen? Is it Marshall that that quarterback really feels here early? And that's going to determine who's going to have the best fantasy value because I'm not seeing a lot from this uh, situation in this offense as they're in transition with Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, but definitely some options there to explore. All right, the Bears' backfield, is it set? We're not quite sure. They've been looking at different power backs in the draft. That's interesting because they did get Donta Foreman. So Donta Foreman, Khalil Herbert is kind of their backfield situation, moving on from David Montgomery. They also uh, added some other pieces here to say that they're very uh, kind of – a combination of Panthers and Packers with Robert Tunyon joining the tight end core. So that may be not the best news for Cole Komet. And you have P.J. Walker now replacing Trevor Simeon as a backup. So getting a little bit mobile of a backup here after a stint with the Panthers. So Foreman and Walker are interesting. Two Panthers in the mix. And you get more Packers influence with Tunyon here in Chicago. So Interesting offense and transition. I still think running game, Justin Fields setting it up, is going to be a big part of what they do. But I think they'll be much more dangerous downfield with DJ Moore in the mix with Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. So this is starting to round out into a complete offense. The biggest thing left over for the Bears. Continue to upgrade that offensive line in the draft. All right, we'll go to the 
Cowboys, and the Cowboys are looking at all possibilities here with upgrading their offense. They could bring back Ezekiel Elliott if there's no takers here with his work here, so something to look at as well. They're also exploring wide receivers in the draft, so Michael Gallup's durability issues after getting paid may worry them a little bit. They might realize, okay, after CeeDee Lamb, we moved on to Mari Cooper. We might need to replace that type of receiver, a guy that can line up all over the field, so Something you definitely have to consider if you're the Cowboys. But looking at Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Keishon Booty out of LSU is an option there for them if they want to wait around here. So the Cowboys really looking at a receiver here, maybe to complement CeeDee Lamb and maybe in the first or second round would not surprise me. Remember, Lamb was a surprise. They drafted behind Amari Cooper, so that could happen again here as they moved on from Cooper and he went to the Browns. And Gallup is not really holding up there as a consistent receiver that they can trust. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of five NFC teams, the Cardinals, Falcons, Panthers, Bears, and Cowboys. We still need to get through 11 more teams, and we'll do that here to close the week and look at the NFC news and notes you need to know. Some interesting things definitely happening with the Giants we'll get to in our next segment. Then also look at the Eagles through the Commanders in our final segment here on the show and of the week. Today's episode, as we told you at the top, is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game uh, many times, and really, this is why, because it's so much fun to play, and you got to get in on it, and it's really great, because it's free to get into it, and you should give it a try. If you ever thought you could make a good GM, this is for you. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. Really, it's a lot of fun. We had a league there with a locked-on host, so it was very challenging, and really, it just made me want to play more to try to figure things out. And it's tough because I tend to go for upside, and sometimes I lose the tried and true players on my roster and don't have the winner I would like there. So I keep working out a little bit. It's fun. Once you've downloaded the game, you don't need Wi-Fi to play. You can play in app mode. Download the app and play today, and you'll see what I mean, how fun it can be. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, which is pretty critical this time of year as we go through free agency, and, of course, navigating your franchise through free agency draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season and offseason. So all this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Fantasy Football listeners, listen up. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On in all caps inside the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game. All you have to do is visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right. It is time to continue the show. Continuing to look at the news and notes from around the NFC that pertain to fantasy football that you need to know about. The Detroit Lions, are they really looking at a quarterback in the draft with Jared Goff in the mix? Well, they've looked at C.J. Stroud. They're exploring Hendon Hooker in a different round, potentially. They've also thought about adding Teddy Bridgewater behind uh, Jared Goff. Interesting move there. And really, the quarterbacks are not off the table here because they can get out of Goff's contract rather easily. Still, and if not this year, they can do it next year and have Goff serve as a bridge to a rookie 
quarterback under a rookie contract, which would really help the Lions load up on other positions and take a run here. So are they serious about Stroud or any of these other guys with Anthony Richardson intriguing them at all? If he falls, would they make a move up to number three? That's all these things that we're thinking about with the Lions. So if they do that, it'll be aggressive move, we'll cap off a very aggressive offseason and push them in the direction of starting a rookie quarterback here in 2023. They've also looked at Hendon Hooker just because he fits their offense really well. And he's a little bit older, ready to play now, and maybe that is also an appeal if Richardson is taken there in round one. And they also added Marvin Jones, a very familiar receiver in Detroit. He wanted to go back a second time because of the exciting things that are happening. They moved on from DJ Charks, and now you have... Marvin Jones trying to help Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jameson Williams. This is a good sign for Williams as I trust him to be a big factor here playing off St. Brown if they just settle for Jones here as the Chark replacement with veteran experience. All right, we go to the Packers. There's no timeline for an Aaron Rodgers trade. That's the news here. They're just sitting pretty here. They got Jordan Love. They got their young wide receivers. They've got uh, really a lot of things intact offensively. Their backfield with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Offensive line something the Packers probably need to address, but again, they're not in a rush here. They already have their replacement. Aaron Rodgers is a contract they would like to move to give them a little more freedom, but I think they've made some of those moves, and I think they want to move on from being loaded by a big contract here and, and have some extra draft capital with which to work, even if it comes beyond 2023. So I think that's where the Packers are standing. Can they finagle and steal that first-round pick from the Jets at number 13 this year? Potentially, but I think they'll be happy with 24-25 and some considerations and other rounds as well to make that move. All right, let's go from Green Bay to Los Angeles. The Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford is on the mend. They feel confident he'll be back in full strength here this season, but he's getting older. He's got some major injuries now with the shoulder and arm, things that have really uh, kind of weakened him. So I'm not... Going to be shocked if this is Stafford's last season at any point. He's won the Super Bowl. He's made a lot of money. There's no more reason to really play if the Rams are more in rebuilding mode, minus Jalen Ramsey on their defense. And they're also still shopping Allen Robinson, which is no surprise after he's been a disappointment, a free agent bust pretty much straight up there with uh, Cooper Cup uh, trying to compliment him. It was not the same without Robert Woods. So Cup himself got hurt. Robinson was in and out. Didn't seem all that motivated. Seemed a bit washed last year. And Van Jefferson not getting the job done. So not surprised me at all if the Rams targeted a wide receiver early in the draft. We go to the Minnesota Vikings. Good news on Dalvin Cook. His shoulder's on the men, so he feels a little bit better this season. That was definitely a factor as he was transitioning into more of a power running game away from the zone blocking assets that he had before Kevin O'Connell arrived there. So this could be a big rebound season for Dalvin Cook. He still was a pretty solid back-end RB1, but he didn't have that big season we thought catching passes. And they brought back Alexander Madison, which is interesting. I don't know if they'll be interested in bringing another back in this mix, but they re-signed him, I think, one more year with Dalvin Cook and see what he can do here for the Vikings. If not, they'll have to move on. Remember, the volume is creeping up on him as well as the age. For the Saints, uh, not a surprise that they're still concerned about Michael Thomas's toe injury. They did re-up him here to play opposite Chris Olave, but they also signed a little bit of extra insurance here in uh, Brian Edwards. Remember him, the former Raiders draft pick. So still looking at receivers in the draft despite taking Chris Olave. Last year, they did lose Marquez Callaway, so some depth is a concern there. But definitely look at the Saints and uh, a lot of potential here for some changes at wide receiver. 
And the Giants, what about this? Saquon Barkley not thrilled with a franchise tag. The Giants are not planning to commit to him long term. I get it. You want to see what you have in this running back for one year. It's a very reasonable deal. Really, the one-year franchise tag for running back uh, could be good for most guys for multiple years. So that's the thing about using it. We saw it uh, come out pretty quickly for Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley. It was just a way to go to make things easily available here. So Saquon maybe wants a bigger deal. We know what that's like. He's a back that's had one good rebound season now, coming off all those injuries since his rookie year. He's got to prove more to the Giants, I think, to earn more than that and get their long-term crust here. So I think franchise tag is the best interest of both parties. He gets the fully guaranteed contract, and the Giants get him for one more year. But Saquon wants a little bit more than that. I think the Giants are pretty clear that they don't want to invest too much more. I think they would like a second season from Saquon Barkley where they feel that way. And it's got to be year to year with him based on its production. So they're right now, they're not panicking. They still have Matt Breida in the mix. But what will they do in the draft? I think we'll have a good indication what they think about Saquon and his future. Is it just this year played out on the franchise tag and then move on to another young back? Something we'll definitely wait to see in the draft. But definitely an interesting stalemate developing between Big Blue and Saquon as they're just having success just now with their offense. All right, we will uh, break down the final five teams in the NFC in our final segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day. And uh, next week, uh, we'll look more into the draft uh, there. So check it out. Uh, We broke down uh, some more draft prospects, uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end, look at their best fantasy fits. We'll do more. Analysis uh, upcoming in the draft, look at uh, how teams are lining up there. So big week ahead as it's the last week before the NFL draft. So check it out on Monday's show. We'll talk more draft for you here on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, let's uh, continue the show here and uh, let's close it and look at what we have with the Eagles going on. The Eagles uh, added Rashad Penny, still looking at different running backs here in the draft. They've been tied to Jameer Gibbs. They've been tied to Bijan Robinson. Will they go in that direction? Do they trust Rashad Penny as a workhorse? Do they like Kenneth Gainwell? These are a lot of questions that you're looking at. Boston Scott is also back in the mix. So, to me, it's just very hard to rely on Rashad Penny as a replacement for Miles Sanders. I know Sanders had his own durability issues before he went to the Panthers, but you look at Rashad Penny, his whole career has been a durability issue since he was taken the first round as a big, shocking picked by the Seahawks. So that's been the one concern. I mean, he's an explosive runner and can do exactly what the Eagles want and make those chunk runs and do the things necessary working with their offensive line. But there's a lot of question marks there. So Eagles, I still think, are going to explore running back high in the draft. Jalen Hurts, that contract is looming here. Howie Roseman says it will get done. So we'll be interested to see the timeline between Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow getting their deals, the last two quarterback runner-ups in the Super Bowl. San Francisco has been all over the place with their quarterback concerns here. There was a hot rumor that they might be swooping in to get Aaron Rodgers. Brock Purdy, that elbow, might need a little time to heal. They said Purdy is the starter by default if he's a healthy guy, but he's not. Now that it develops into Trey Lance has improved here in the early offseason. Could be Trey Lance versus newcomer Sam Darnold to compete to start in week one. Trey Lance at the same time is being evaluated to see if he should get the job back now fully healthy with his ankle over Purdy. So there's so many things, layers with this 49ers quarterback situation. There's no more Jimmy Garoppolo fallback with him with the Raiders. So a lot of things can still happen here with the 49ers. But I think Aaron Rodgers is the 
least case scenario, I think the most likely scenario is that Trey Lance takes over for Purdy and plays well. I think there's some things that he's done to improve, and he gets a full season. He has just a higher ceiling than Purdy, and I think you'll see some of that here develop. With Purdy giving just that slight opportunity with the elbow issue here, and I don't think there's any way that Sam Darnold is going to be their week one starter for a team that uh, was on the cusp of the Super Bowl for two consecutive seasons. I don't think they're going to trust Darnold here in a key spot early in the season. So we'll see how that plays out, but definitely you have uh, Brock Purdy and uh, Trey Lance, uh, something to look at there all offseason long. Now the Seahawks uh, defensively is a big question. Uh, They do really like their linebacker Jordan Brooks. He had a prolific season with his tackling. They took him in the first round, but they're concerned about his injury issue going forward. That's why they went out and got some uh, contingencies here. Devin Bush and former big-time starter, future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. He's back after one year with the Rams, so Definitely something to look at in that Seahawks offense. Do they need to address linebacker? I think that is true with uh, Cody Barton, guy that was ineffective in the middle. So uh, they need help regardless uh, to get depth and to get more impact playmaking. Jordan Brooks, hopefully he will come back healthy because he's a stat sheet stuffing machine in IDP. All right, at uh, Tampa Bay, they're still wondering what to do at running back or quarterback. Those are the two question marks that they have. They also have... The left tackle, right tackle concern now with Tristan Wirfs uh, having to move potentially with uh, Donovan Smith released. So a team in transition hard here. How aggressive do the Buccaneers want to be in trading up for a quarterback? We know as a top playoff team from last year, they are picking down. They're going to have to make an aggressive move to maybe go after Will Levis. We know right now their depth chart reads Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask at quarterback. A running back, they are going to need some help as well. Rashad White is the main guy, but no more Leonard Fournette. So this is going to be the debate the Bucks have early. Do we go up and trade up for that quarterback that may be falling a little bit and Will Levis? Or do we say, okay, we need uh, B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, and they could be fitting right in our offense. It's going to go a little bit more run-heavy with Dave Canales, who really helped last year with Kenneth Walker there in that offense in Seattle. So a lot of things for the Buccaneers to consider in the top of the draft, and they could really dictate a lot of things for the future of their offense here. So very interesting team when it comes to fantasy football, which still changes to come. All right, the last team we'll look at was the Commanders, and the, they added uh, Jacoby Brissett. They're trusting in Sam Howell as the starting quarterback here. They're moving on from Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. So trying to reset, try something different at quarterback. Right now, they're still looking at quarterbacks in the draft, for sure. They are looking at Hendon Hooker. They're looking at all their options here later. So I think the Commanders are going to be interested in a quarterback beyond the first round. Hooker seems to be that top target. Will they look at someone else there? I mean, there's not a lot to me that I would feel very comfortable with. One interesting guy I like is Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA. I think he has some upside that could be intriguing, as well as Malik Cunningham of Louisville. I think as athletes, as the guys that can throw the ball downfield, I do really like those quarterbacks a little bit more than some of those other guys, uh, the Tanner McKees, Aiden O'Connell. Like, if I was going to invest in those guys, I think of more of them as backups where the Commanders, again, don't sleep on them going after Hendon Hooker. You look at Howell, Brissett, he kind of is the same style of quarterback, can move a little bit, but has a big arm, can throw it downfield. So still a lot to be determined with the Commanders. But again, the draft is going to be very interesting for a lot of teams, and we're going to have a lot of changes. I get it with wide receivers 
running backs going in different places that we didn't expect. Tight ends, as we mentioned, a very loaded class there. And quarterbacks may be having uh, immediate su- success in at least three cases here this season. So a lot to watch out for. That's what we're keeping track of here for you on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making us your first lesson every day. And tomorrow we will definitely have uh, something for you to look at forward in the draft. And when you say tomorrow, that's Monday show. So got to wait a little bit for that. But uh, we're looking forward to keep breaking down the draft as it's almost here one week from this uh, coming Thursday. So can't wait for that and a lot of the analysis that comes with that. So we'll have a lot of uh, rookies with homes and to talk about rather soon. But we'll uh, preview that draft a lot for you. When we come up on tomorrow's show, which will come on Monday. So tomorrow is only a couple days away. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Have a great weekend and see you then as we have more off-season draft talk here for you on Locked On Fantasy Football.